Thank you for downloading the One Church Podsmead podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. To find out more about life at One Church, visit us online at thisisonechurch.com. Who was here last week? Give us a wave, give us a wave. It was good last week. Who enjoyed Dr. John Andrews? Yeah, if I just lost my job. <laughs> He's very good, isn't he? Very good. What a treat to have him. Cool. So uh, this morning we are on part two of our Create series. Who uh, took home some of the Create cards last week? Did you remember them? So it's our way of doing our one word series. So remember, years and years now, we've been, every January we make a decision that we're going to ask God, okay God, what do you want to do in my life this year? And we write them on our cards and we believe that God's going to do um, some amazing things throughout the year, right? So this year it's Create is the name of our series. What is it that God wants to create in your life this year? And uh, so uh, it's funny, isn't it? Because actually it's one of the names of God is Creator, isn't it? We get really used to using the name like, well, I, I do. It's like Jehovah Jireh, my provider. I need that one a lot. And we, we, we call him our saviour, don't we? Because we relate to that because all of us need a saviour. And we, we, we call him healer because that's what we need a lot of the time. And, and we call him different names. But very often I don't find myself calling him creator. It's, like, it's not like a go-to like name that I call God and over Christmas I was watching classic Christmas films but also like there's just a there's just a plethora that's a good word isn't it of different films on during Christmas isn't there and um, I, I was watching Noah mainly because I really like watching like biblical films just to say actually that's wrong just feel feel really important for the day you've got that wrong Steven Spielberg and um and uh, I was watching it, and um, I, the whole way through, they never referred to God as God. They referred to him as creator. All the time they'd say, oh, the creator this, the creator that. And I was like, that's really strange to hear, because it's not something that we do every day. We call him Lord, we call him God, and we call him Jesus, you know, all these things. And, but they were referring to him as creator, creator this, creator that. And it was, a, it was like a... It was just sounded strange to me, yet it's such a key part of what God's character is, isn't it? And somehow, perhaps because of the way that, um, you know, in schools we teach about the Big Bang Theory and less about creationism and all those sorts of things, we've grown up in a culture that actually shuns this idea of creator. And so even in church life, less of our time is spent thinking about God as creator, because it's something, if you talk about it in the pub, or if you talk about it with your mates or whatever, they would be like, oh, well, I don't believe that, I believe this. Because, so we don't say it, do we? We don't refer to God as creator. But I believe that this year God wants to reveal himself as creator in our world. That it's going to become more of our vocabulary to call him creator God. Um, so that's what we're going to go after today is think about how God is our creator and what that means in our world. We're going to get fresh confidence to call God our creator this year. Yeah. There's all sorts of people that we call creators, isn't there? Um, so anybody got an iPhone in the room? Yeah, so we all celebrate and thank God for Steve Jobs. 
creating Apple and uh, making all these amazing products that we use all the time. I've got, I, love, I love good packaging. That is, I'm literally a sucker for packaging. If anything comes in nice packaging, even if I don't want it, I'm like, mm, I think I'd quite like that. That's why Steadfast T-shirts come in a really nice box, because you've got to appreciate good packaging. I wonder if he came up with that. Uh, the creators, like uh, our, our favourite uh, kids' films, Walt Disney, he's a creator, isn't he? Like, so many people, they're absolute staples in our world now, is Disney films, aren't they? Every kid grows up knowing Disney films. And uh, what about, I'd love to know who the creator of Cheesecake is and say thank you so much, you are a brilliant creator. Uh, the creator of the internet, what an absolute legend, what would we do without the internet? And I love the fact that he's British, that's amazing isn't it? Created the internet, and what about the people that created the plane? That's cool isn't it? We can get all over the world in like ridiculous amounts of time because somebody created a plane. There are so many amazing creators, yet none of them compare to Creator God. None of them have a patch on Creator God. He didn't have to wait for the conditions to be just right. He didn't, have, uh, he didn't need things. He didn't need stuff to create. He didn't need an army of help to make it happen. He could just create out of nothing. He didn't need anything. You heard that joke a million times about some scientists went to God and said, hey, we know we, we can create man now. We don't need your help. And he said, okay then. And he, they, they were just going to use some dust to create man. And he said, no, get your own dust. Because nobody can create like God. He didn't need anything. He created the dust to create the man. He created everything that needed to happen. You see, no one's a patch on Creator God. He is way out in front of everybody. But Creator God creates with no requirement from us. Creator God creates with no requirement from us. He just doesn't need the conditions to be right. He doesn't need things. He doesn't need an army of help. He just creates. It's his nature. It's who he is. He is creator God. God creator creates with no requirement from us. Liam and I know this very well, in fact, because uh, we made no decision at all but we managed to create this. Just this week, we, we went for a scan, our 12-week scan, and this has been created. And it actually has nothing to do with me and Liam. We made no choice to create life. We, uh, we obviously enjoyed the action of creating life, but we, we made no choice. We made no decision. Today, we're going to create life. This is, sounds like a good plan right now, now that I've gone back to work and uh, you know got my body back and all that malarkey. That's a great idea. Why don't we create life? But actually, God, creator, creates with no requirement from us. And, and now I have a big old belly growing and all of Christmas I've had to try really hard to conceal not throwing up on a Sunday in between preaching and leading and stuff. And, but God creates with no requirement from us. He's perfectly capable of doing it on his own. Creator God creates with no requirement 
from us. You know, in fact, there's the two most beautiful, incredible, uh, mind-bending miracles that God has done has had absolutely no involvement from us. Think about it. The creation of life, the beginning of life, creation, it had nothing to do with us, did it? It didn't need our help, it didn't need our idea, it didn't need our response to God, it didn't need our hearts to be right, it didn't need any of those things, did it? He just created, he didn't need anything from us. And the second thing that he did was the end of death on the cross, salvation we call it. Redemption, we call it. We call it grace, that God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. He did that with no requirement from you. He was going to do, if you would shun him and say, no, I don't accept your son as, as Lord, he would have done it anyway. It needed no requirement for you and I. The two most incredible, beautiful, mind-bending things that he ever did needed no requirement from you. The beginning of life and the end of death. How incredible is that? So I think that if he would do those, those two things as just examples, uh, uh, do that without any requirement for us. I'm believing that this year we're going to see God do miracles and incredible and mind-bending things this year in our lives. Not because of what you do or where you're at or whether you're seeking God enough, praying, reading. Your, nothing to do with that. It's whether or not God wants to do it because he is creator God. So I just want to take the pressure off a little bit. You know, we do talk about, you know, uh, when you read God's word and you renew your mind, it changes things on the inside and it changes actions and, and makes stuff happen in your world. I really do believe that. But just for this Sunday, I want to talk about the fact that actually God doesn't need anything from you this year. But you can still expect him to create something in your world. You can still expect him to do something incredible that you couldn't possibly imagine in your world this year. Just because he's creator God. He's creator God. So kind of, so everybody just relax. Go, <sighs> you know, God woke up in a good mood this morning. In fact, every day he wakes up in a good mood. Sometimes I think we get up and we expect, like, okay, I need to make him be in a good mood for me today. But he's in a good mood every day. He loves you. He's excited when you get up. He's excited when you walk out the door. He's excited because he's like, that's, that's my kid. That's the one I love. And he's like, what could I do in their world today? What am I creating? What's, what am I doing in the background? That what can I do for them because I love them? What am I going to create in their world today? In spite of you. In spite of you and where you are at. How cool is that? Okay. No one knew this or learnt this harder than David. King David. Everybody know the story of King David. If you don't, I'll show you where it is in the Bible later. You can come and see someone at the home zone. They'll show you where you can read the story. But King David is the person that's writing Psalm 51, which is the key verses that we're reading uh, over this series. And David is described as a man after God's own heart. That's a cool way to be described, isn't it? A man after God's own heart. How cool is that? 
how cool can you imagine being described as that as somebody that is chasing after God who's like I God above everything else above everything I do I just want to seek you and who you are and the greatness of who you are a man after God's own heart and I love looking at the classic story of David and Goliath most people know this story and David and Goliath so David he was like a ruddy boy the um, the bible describes him as he's just a shepherd boy he's uh, looking after the flocks in fact uh, if you study a little bit harder into the verses you find out that actually David is the product of an affair of his dad okay and so it's pretty amazing that he gets chosen and anointed by a, a guy called Samuel who says you're the next uh, you're going to be the next king because actually the dad brought out all the other sons but just left David in the field because he's like a bit of an embarrassment. He's a, he's awkward. He's like that. Oh, oh that was a mistake. And um, but uh, sure enough, he gets anointed as uh, going to be king one day. And time goes on, and the Philistines, who are the enemies, go ooh, ooh. They uh, they are coming out to war against Israel. Yay! Oh, you're a lot of rubbish today. Come along now. Flip the next 2018. Come on, right. So, the Israelites. Gosh almighty. Okay. And they're coming out to war. Now, but the Philistines, they have one thing. The Philistines have, have somebody who is absolutely putting the fear into them. They are absolutely petrified. Israel are quaking in their boots because they have Goliath. And Goliath is a giant, okay? He's massive, massive, massive. And he is huge and he is tonk. And you do not want to go up against him. And, and Goliath's there and he's taunting the Israelites and calling them all sorts of names and, and uh, really going at them. And Israel are like... We can't do this. We can't do this. And Goliath's like, come on, send out a man to me and fight me. And uh, they're all like, no, we can't go out. And uh, David is sent by his father to come and come and take some cheese and some bread to his brothers who are on the battlefront. Okay. And so he, he comes up and he sees what's going on and he hears the taunting from Goliath. And he's like, who is this guy? Like, what is he why is he, why is everyone afraid? What's going on here? And I love what, um, what David says. This is so, so cool. So when he gets there, he, he looks at his brothers and he says this, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? How did he know? An uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God. Can you imagine thousands of men, big burly blokes, all covered in their armour, ready to go, but they are petrified. Then this little shepherd boy turns up and says, who does this guy think he is? Now, what, why could he say that? Why could he say that? Because it wasn't anything to do with David and who David was. David was like the least of the least. David was the worst of the worst. He was an embarrassment. He was hidden from the rest of the world. Yet David knew who his God was. And that's the difference. He said, what? Who is he to stand before the living God? 
He knew God. He knew the living God. He knew who God was. He had a personal revelation and relationship of who God was. And he was able to then go on to do the things that uh, he would do. Let's see what he says to Saul. He says to Saul, who's the king at the time, by the way, but he, he made some silly mistakes and God was like, you, you're, you're, you're just a terrible king. You've not listened to me. And so therefore, I'm going to take my anointing from you. And now David is in position of that. And he says this to Saul. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. What's cool about this is, is uh, Saul's like trying to put his armor on him because David said, I'll go. I'm not afraid of him. Come on, come at me. You know, he, he's like, it's fine. So, so the, the army take him to Saul and say, this guy said that he'll go up against Goliath. And, uh, and, and Saul's trying to put his armor on him and stuff. And he's like, look. When I was looking after the sheep, the same God that helped me, uh, rescued me from the lion and rescued me from the bear that came after the sheep and I killed them too. I, I, I don't need to worry about it because that same God, the Lord, he calls him, he says, the Lord, he will, he will protect me. It's absolutely fine. There's no, there's no reason why we need to worry because that's who my God is. You see, David, what was he talking about? A real revelation moment and relationship with God who is the Lord to David. How cool is that? He knew who his God was and it's the difference maker. Let's see what he says to Goliath himself. He says, you come against me with a sword, spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Some mornings I think we need to get up and say, you come at me. You come at me with your bills and your, you know, and your engine not starting. And, but I come against you. I come against you. I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of my life. How cool is that? Because we've got to know who God is. It had nothing to do with David. It had nothing to do with who David was. It had everything to do with who God was. And you know, if we want things to change in our world, if we wanna if we wanna see God create things, if we if we wanna if we wanna be in a position where we're like, look back at at 2018 as as 2019 comes around, we say, look at what God did. Oh, it was nothing to do with me. But who is he? Who is he? Who is he? He's he's God Almighty. He's the Lord. How incredible is that? You see, David knew who his God was if we in fact if we look at psalm 51 for a second let's open our bibles if you've got your bible with you or on your phone or what have you let's open it up because we're going to read these verses that are our key verses for this series in psalm 51 you can actually break it down into three sections what you'll notice is, and, and we'll read through it in just a second, but it breaks down into three sections. It says this between verses one to six. It's basically David saying, this is how I managed on my own. Okay, and we'll see how he managed on his own in a second. And then from verse seven to 12, it's, it's him saying, God, this is who you are. This is who I know you to be. And then from verses 13 to 19, he's saying, because of that, I can. 
because of who you are, I can. And he's got it all in the right order. We'll, we'll read through it and then we'll, we'll break it down. So it says this. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. That means wrongs. Wash away my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you and you only I have sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness, even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Let's just stop there. So those first few verses, they sound pretty miserable to be a part of a series at the beginning of a new year, don't they? I've sinned, I've fallen short, I've, I've, I've done wrong things. Now what David's describing is this, and remember this is, this is David, the man after God's own heart. What he had done was he had arranged for somebody be, to be murdered because he fancied his wife. And he was in this situation where, where like, he had just done something awful. And you know when you do something awful and you just feel like, oh, literally like a weight like, I made a mistake this week. I forgot to print something and send it out. And somebody was relying on me to do that. And I was like, oh, man. Oh, that's so annoying. You, you think about it. Do you ever do that? Have you ever done something wrong or made a mistake and you go to bed and you're just like analyzing it in your head? If you don't do that, let's have a chat. Um, <laughs> But you do, don't you? And David's in this situation that I'm guessing is probably worse than anything anybody has done in this room. And, uh, and he's thinking and he's analysing and he's going over these things that he's done and he's like feeling dreadful and awful and he knows that he's wrong and he, he's like, God, I'm not surprised your presence has gone from me. I'm, I'm not surprised that I'm in this situation where stuff's coming against me and it's really difficult and because I have made an awful, awful, awful mistake. You know, we all need to get the revelation that all have fallen short of the glory of God, the Bible says. We've all, we've all, we've all messed it up because God requires perfection. And, you know, sometimes we can be a bit middle class about, well, we're doing all right. But actually, we're all not good enough. But that's okay because God is. Okay. But he's in this situation where he's made an awful mistake. But look at how the verses start to change now. So he's gone on, I, I, I'm awful, I, you were right, you were right, God, sorry. And then he says this, cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. So that's, that's what priests would use to make things holy again, okay? That's what they'd use um, in the different uh, processes that they would do for sacrifice and stuff. They'd use hyssop to make things clean. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. What what is he saying here? There's so many things that he's saying. He's saying, God, you're my salvation. 
God, it's you that makes me clean. A priest can't make me clean. It's only you, which is amazing because Jesus hadn't come yet. But he's, he's almost prophesying and saying, actually, I need something more than that. I need you, God, to make me clean. I need you to be the difference maker in my world. He, he's saying, hide, hide those sins. Take them away. He's saying, create because he's creator God. Create in me a pure heart of God and renew a steadfast spirit in me. He's not relying on himself. He's not saying, God, I'll just pray more. God, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll pray and fast. I'll do, I'll do, do a 21-day fast. He's not saying, that. He's, he's not saying God, I'm going to make sure I worship more. Or I'm going to make sure that I go to life group every week this month. Like, I, I'm going to make sure that every day I read like 10 chapters of the Bible. He's not saying any of that, is he? He's saying, it's, it's you, God. I need you to do something in me that is beyond what I can do for myself. I need you. You are the difference maker. You are the thing that changes and creates. Create in me a pure heart, O oh God. Renew a steadfast spirit in me. Do not take your presence from me. God is a, he's a God who wants to be present. You know, I, I really had revelation this week for myself. God, he said to me, hey, I am in a good mood. I'm in a good mood. You don't have to make me in a good mood. I'm already in one. And you just kind of go, yeah, you're totally in a good mood. That's cool. I totally look at my days completely different. The last four days since I've, I realized that. Just looking at my days, just walking differently, just like, do you know what? I don't need to ask God for favour. I am favoured. It's just who I am because he's in a good mood. He's smiling on me. We've got to know who God is. And then these last few verses from verse 13 say, Then, then, then I will teach transgressors your ways. So other people that have messed up. Then I will teach other people that have messed up your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God. You are God, my saviour, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. May it please you to prosper Zion, to build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in the sacrifices of the righteous, in burnt offerings offered whole. Then balls will be offered on your altar. Now, what, what's he saying here? He's saying, right, God, do in me what needs to happen and then I can tell others about it but it has to start it has to go in that order God I was wrong God you are this is who you are you are this you are this you are this discover who he is God's saying I want to create if I'm going to create anything in your world I want to create an experience a revelation and a moment where you realize who I am He's going to keep revealing new elements of his character towards you. Some of you are going to discover Father God. Some of you are going to discover healer. Some of you are going to discover provider. Some of you are just going to discover that God's in a good mood. Some of you are going to discover all sorts of parts of his character and his goodness and his faithfulness. Oh my goodness, so many different things. Why? Because that's what God wants. He wants to, you to know him. 
It is not good enough, young person, for you to just go along with it and just, just I come here because it's fun and people love me and they treat me nicely. I come here because James and Anna are amazing leaders and they're, they're great fun and we have a great time on a Thursday. It's not enough. You've got to know God for who he is. Don't just ride on their relationship with God. He wants you to know who he is for you. It's like the only selfish thing that God lets us do <laughs> is about just you and him and who he's revealing himself to be to you. You can't rely on your friend's relationship with God. You can't rely on, on this being consistent and being here every Sunday. It's got to be. It's not enough to get through the hardest situations. It's not enough. It's not enough to get through the darkest valleys. It's not enough when you get that awful report from the doctor. It's not, it's not enough when you lose your job. It's not enough when uh, you, your kids are going through nightmare things and you don't know what to do. It's not enough. You've got to know God for yourself. You've got to know him. You've got to know. You've got to be able to look it in his face. And he says, I'm the lifter of your head. You've got to be in a situation where you know who God is. And I'm not saying that you have to make it happen. I've got to find him. God's just saying, would you just stop? Because I want to show you who I am. Would you just listen? Because I want to tell you who I am. Would you stay still long enough for me to say, hey, I'm your father. I'm a good God. I'm the lover of your soul. I'm your best friend. I'm your confidence. I'm your portion. I'm your deliverer. I'm your redeemer. I'm your redeemer. You know, this isn't in my notes, but I just feel to share it. It's a beautiful, the whole Bible is full of story after story. And if you look close enough, it's just God trying to reveal who he is. And I love the story of um, of Ruth. It's a great go home and read it. And Ruth, uh, in the story, she, her husband dies. She's a foreigner, but she follows her mother-in-law back, back to Israel. And she follows her. And in those days, it was duty for for um like the nearest relative male relative to them marry the widow and all those sorts of like intricate things and 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 but this beautiful thing happens where Naomi sends her out into the field just to pick up like the bits that are left over the wheat that's left over because widows had nothing um, but God set up these beautiful rules where whatever was just dropped, you, you just leave it when you're harvesting so that widows and orphans and people can come and pick it up and that was their bit that they could take. And, but this beautiful thing happens where, where Ruth goes back to Naomi and she's like, oh, there's this, I was helping out in Boaz's field and, uh, and he, he was showing kindness to me. And, and, and uh, Naomi says, well, go, go back tonight during the feast and all of that malarkey. And she said, and just lie at his feet. Just lie at his feet. And she's found at his feet. And the long story short, Boaz ends up marrying her and redeeming the whole family, which is incredible. But the beautiful thing is, is Boaz's name means redeemer. How cool is that? And he redeemed Ruth. And he said, like, you may be this foreigner and you may be a widow 
and you may have nothing, but like I'm gonna I'm gonna redeem you, a kingsman redeemer. And that's who God is for all of us. And I, I just love the thought of us just being at his feet. That beautiful picture of Ruth just lying at the feet of Boaz. And we can just lie at the feet of our Jesus and he redeems us. He makes the broken bits in us be put back together. He, he makes things make sense. He, he, he takes all those like disappointments and failures. Can you imagine how disappointed Ruth was? Can you imagine what that would be like? And God's like, just be found at my feet. Will you be found at my feet? Will you be found at my feet? Because I want to redeem your life. I want to redeem your life. And it doesn't matter how many times you, you go away from God. It doesn't matter how many times you turn your back on him because he, he's going to redeem you anyway. The other story I thought of is this beautiful story of Hosea. And Hosea is a prophet at the time and God instructs him to marry a prostitute, which is a really odd thing to do, right? But what God was doing through these stories, and read it for yourself, it's incredible. But what he's doing through these stories, because what happened was is he married her and she went off slept with other men and then she'd come back to Hosea and then she'd go off again and she'd she'd uh, sleep with other men and then she'd come back to Hosea and what God was doing all the time through this story was saying it doesn't matter how many times Israel that you go off and follow other things it doesn't matter how many times you ignore me it doesn't matter how many times you, you, you go off and do your own thing. It doesn't matter how many times you reject me, says God. I will love you anyway. I will always be here. I will be faithful. I will wait. I will be patient. I can deal with the brokenness that that means. I can deal with the difficulty that that causes. I can deal with the relationship broken breakdown I can deal with the product because there's children in there that God names specific things I can deal with the product of you rejecting me I can deal with the difficult things that happen I just want you I just want you story after story in the Bible of pictures of God just loving on his people wanting relationship wanting to just reveal who he is in your world, creating something new in your world, revealing his nature and his character to you. You know, I've gone off my notes this morning and because uh, I feel like that's okay because God obviously wants to speak and the whole point of today's message was that God wants to know you. God wants you to know him. He just wants face-to-face, one-on-one, you and him. And so I think that's okay. That we, I have literally no idea what I've just said. But what it's done is it's describing moments in God's story where he's just wanted you and him. And if nothing else this year, God's saying, let me create something. Let me do something in your world that requires nothing from you. Let me do something in the atmosphere of your life that needs no response from you, needs no requirement from you, doesn't need you to like make sure you journal every day, 
doesn't need you to make sure you go to a life group. All those things are all good and all great and definitely positioning yourself for an awesome life. But God's saying, on top of all of that, let me just do something that is beyond you. That isn't able to be controlled by you, isn't able to be relying on your skill and your ability and your willingness. Excuse me. Let me just do something that is just me. God says, I'm going to do something immeasurably more than you can ask, think, or imagine. So right now, imagine something crazy that you could actually imagine happening in your world. Have a little think. Okay. God wants to do something more. immeasurably more that means you can't measure it he wants to do something exceedingly above beyond what you can imagine how cool is that and you know it's all going to start with a revelation moment of who God is you know even a revelation moment doesn't need you let's think about it Paul who wrote most of the New Testament who was Saul who was on his way to Damascus to kill a bunch of Christians what did God do? Saul! Saul! Shined a blimmin' light right in his eyes Saul! Why are you persecuting me? Why are you doing this to me? Out of the blue God broke into Saul's life and said hey enough is enough I am God that's who I am Jesus was the Messiah he was the son of God and he came to save save the sinners and he left his spirit for the world to be completely upside down changed radicalized forever and he just burst into Saul's world and said Saul you need to follow me now it didn't need Saul did it there was no moment on the road to Damascus ready to kill some some uh, Christians. He, he, it needed nothing, nothing of Saul. God was just like, now is the moment. Now is your moment. I'm going to reveal who I am. I'm going to reveal the greatness of my nature to you right now, Saul, even though you definitely don't deserve it. But that's who I am. So if he can do that, I believe that God's going to do something that you didn't even expect in this year. But it starts with this face-to-face moment and encounter with him, where you get a revelation of who God is. Not knowing who God is, you get a revelation that hits here and hits here and changes your body in between. Okay? So why don't you stand to your feet? I'm going to pray a really simple prayer. And uh, you know what? I'm going to invite some people to specifically respond to this right now. But actually, we all should be responding this morning. Because God wants to do something fresh. He wants to do something new. He wants to give you a new revelation. But if for you this morning, 
like you're like yeah God I really do need that personal revelation of who you are I really need to know more than I ever have before your nature your character and who you are what I want you to do while everyone's got their eyes closed is just lift your hand so I know who I'm praying for who I'm standing with this morning so if that's you just lift up your hand right now amazing 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 incredible you can pop that hand down and then if you're just like hey god i want i just want something new from you i want a new revelation this year why don't you just lift your hand up too amazing amazing cool I'm going to pray and then we're going to sing this song as a prayer and and then I'm just going to ask the guys to stop singing and the, the band will keep playing and God's just going to start to speak some things to you he's just going to reveal himself to you he's going to he's going to challenge you on some things he's going to he's just going to let you know who he is this morning he's going to say hey this year I want you to experience what it means that I am fill in the blank Let's pray. Hey, why don't you just raise your hands across the room. Father God, we stand here this morning with our arms raised in surrender to you. We let go of anything that we've previously thought. And we just say, God, come and give us a fresh experience of you a fresh revelation of who you are we recognize that on our own it's not enough we recognize that it's not good enough for my parents to love you and know you it's not enough for my friends to love you and know you it's not enough for my leaders to love you and know you i need to know you for myself and this morning we ask you god to reveal who you are reveal in power who you are this morning that it would change us forever that we would be like Paul who is marked forever that we were once going one way but God you changed our direction you gave us new eyes to see new ears to hear in the name of Jesus right now we ask God come and move come and reveal yourself to us thank you Jesus Why don't we just sing this as our prayer this morning? guys are going to stop singing the words and I just want you to hold your hands out in front of you you know it's not just a weird thing that we do in church when we pray for people but what this is saying is like God I'm ready to receive something from you and I want you to quiet your minds it's God right now 
is placing him whole self into your arms. He's revealing himself. For some of you, you're going to see pictures in your mind that might seem strange, but that's okay. Following Jesus is pretty strange. For some of you, he's going to speak words. You're just going to have words come into your mind. For some of you, you're going to feel like you're supposed to read a verse in the Bible. For some of you, you're just going to feel something. Like a heat all over your body or like someone's giving you a big hug or for some of you you're gonna you're almost gonna feel emotional maybe and that's okay that's God too but God is gonna reveal who he is to you now in a fresh way Father God, we just thank you that you are who you say that you are. That we can be confident of this. And that as we leave this morning, that we take that stuff that you've just done on the inside of us, those pictures, those words, those scriptures, those feelings, that we are changed forever that we like David we can quiet the naysayers the people who mock that we can challenge the authorities over our world that say it has to be a certain way and it doesn't and that we can chop off the head of any giant that seems to be blocking our way and that we can even get over the worst of things that we've done. We can do all of that when we've had a revelation of who you are. And that in this moment, everybody that's had that revelation of who you are it is sealed, it is eternal, it is forever etched on our hearts, that you have written on our hearts something fresh this morning. We thank you for that. We thank you, Lord God, that we can go out this morning knowing that you're in a good mood, that you're always in a good mood, that we can go out in joy, we can go out in peace, we can go out in confidence, because you are who you say that you are. You are creator. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, look, I, I, I was watching, as, not in a weird way, as we were praying just then, and I can literally see God doing stuff in people. I can literally see people moving in people's bodies. I can literally see people smiling as God's revealing stuff in their minds. And you know, I, I just really want to encourage you, don't, don't keep that for yourself. Some things God says you just need to store up in your heart, and that's okay. But if you know that you don't need to store it up in your heart, I just want you to share those things like with one another, maybe with the people that you came with, or somebody from your life group, or, 
or maybe just a stranger uh, today as we as we just chill and like hang around for a bit go to the home zone if you need to or uh, if you've not come with anybody but want to tell somebody why don't you head to the home zone and you can speak to the guys there but I know that I know that I know that if God told me to pray like that, he's going to turn up and do something significant in your world. And we want to know about it. Hey, fill in a praise report and put it into the, the little green box at the back. Like, let's hear about what God, creator God, has done. You know, in, in that film in Noah, the reason why they called him creator was because that was the first experience of the character and the nature of who God was. And it had been told from generation to generation to generation to Noah. And you know, we need to get good at that in church life. Tell the stories. Send a message. Say, hey, this is what God's done in our world this week. This is the thing that God's saying to me. Let somebody know. Let's celebrate together. Is that okay? Yeah? I hope you've had an incredible uh, Sunday. We've had great fun. Make sure you take your kids home. Have a lovely, lovely week. You can take mine too if you want. That's fine. Uh, Have a great week and we'll see you next Sunday ready to go knowing who God is and ready to celebrate him. Have a good week. Bye.